0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. If the season ended today, yes, we're all familiar with that phrasing, the Cardinals would make the playoffs. Of course, the season doesn't end today. There are six weeks left. What are the chances the Cardinals do have postseason play in their future? We'll examine the landscape in the NFC. But first, an updates on Kyler Murray from the man himself. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 357, and it starts now. It may have been the most anticipated practice since his first practice. MJ, we're talking about Kyla Murray on the practice field here on this tuesday which is unusual to begin with more on that in the moment but because of what happened on thursday and that reported ac joint sprain that he suffered according to ian Rappaport, the cardinals really haven't come out and said exactly what happened but we do know carlos dunlap landed on murray and that kind of crunched him between the ground and Dunlap so yes the shoulder was an issue on Thursday night football how would it affect Murray this week that's what we want to know that's what the bird gang wants to know we'll hear from Murray "Quotes: I feel fine I feel good end quotes so we'll see again it's Tuesday game on Sunday but the fact that he was on the practice field today although during the open portion of practice he was working on his own on the side so Again, we don't know exactly what happened the rest of practice, but good to see number one on the field, period.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I you know, last week we got a report that it was an AC joint and he was, um, you know, scheduled to play. And, you know, it's early in the week. And one thing when you're out there for the open portion of practice is how much warm-up he does, um, throwing in the nets and then, you know, Cliffs working with him and you know they have some certain drills and they got the you know he's you know sometimes he's chopping his feet and he's got to throw on the run but you know I don't remember Carson Palmer doing this and you see it from Tom Brady but before Murray goes on the field he's really you know because the next throw he makes is going to be in the game I mean I know Dave Pash has mentioned a lot. He just—he's really firing that ball on the sidelines to kind of get it into rhythm when he steps on the field. That's his next pass.
0: Yeah. Typically, sometimes that quarterback will just from the sideline to the huddle and go. Yet Murray, especially if there's a TV timeout, yeah. he's getting someone. Hey, let me throw the ball a couple of times, and it's real quick, rapid fire. You know, half a dozen throws. And he was asked about that earlier today, and in fact, it was Kyle Odegaard, our colleague on AZCardinals.com, and Murray explained, "quote I like to warm it up." referring to his arm and shoulder every time regardless if it's before practice or before a game or before a possession so that's just something that he has done that's part of his routine and it is a little unusual because you think you know hey you know you only have so many throws in that shoulder but for Murray especially if it's something that he's been doing at such a young age it's used to that talking about his shoulder, his arm, to where it's not an additional strain. It's just part of how he warms up to get that arm, that shoulder ready for that particular play, that particular possession.
1: You know, something we haven't touched on yet, but there's a reason why the off season he bulked up uh, upper body, uh, so he could withstand it, knowing that last year, you know, he took 48 uh, sacks, uh, a lot were on him. But just having that, that that upper body strength, and I think he's really got good size when it comes to his arms and, you know, his, uh, his bicep and tricep. So um, I'm glad he did that because he has been hit, he, and he actually admitted today it's been the last couple of games. It hasn't been just the last game.
0: Yeah, and I think this is something that, look, it's going to be a, a storyline that we'll follow all week long because it's the quarterback, it's Kyler Murray. This team will go as far as he takes it, as far as the offense, and just no the entire team overall. He did acknowledge that he's limiting his throws this week to take care of my shoulder and his words. So he will show up on the injury report. The first official injury report comes out tomorrow on Wednesday, Today was kind of more of a bonus day, and I don't even know if you want to call it a bonus day, MJ, but typically on Tuesdays, there is not a practice. This has always been the players' day off, a little bit different here in 2020 because of COVID-19, but because of Thanksgiving on Thursday, head coach Cliff Kingsbury has altered the schedule, so now they'll go Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday Thursday. Practice Friday before boarding a plane to head to New England, where they'll play the Patriots on Sunday. So that is why on a Tuesday it's always about, uh, you know, what still happened on a Sunday. Yet we're turning the page a little bit sooner this week because of the altered practice schedule, and then of course because this team had the weekend off, having played on Thursday night football.
1: And I'm glad they're on the practice field today because even though there was a report that's an AC joint, he should be able to play. Um, We know more clarification by him, uh, obviously, addressed in the media. And, listen, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be out there on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I'm not worried about it at all unless, of course, you know, he gets hits again. I don't even know about a a setback. And my concern would be if he gets hit again so soon. Same spot. Yeah, Yeah. and and it's all of a sudden now becomes a bother and it affects – you know what Kingsbury wants to do as far as pass plays or specific run plays, because only five carries in that Thursday night contest, and it was a large part because of that hit. You don't want Murray to take another hit in that contest.
1: And Kingsbury, you know, he's been uh, he was he's been asked the last couple of days, including on ninety eight seven with uh, Burns and Gamble, just about you know why were you more conservative or. Did you you know maybe you had to lessen your playbook because of obviously you didn't want to put him in in, in you know arm's way and he said yeah a lot of our play calling uh, after the hit it had a change and clearly they didn't want him running the football uh, but we know when he runs that ball seven or eight nine times it's a big difference when it comes to the offense as a whole and then when you get production out of uh, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds and you know the play action. Um, and, and that's what makes him dynamic. He's, he is that dual threat, uh, but we all know he's not RG3. He's not Lamar Jackson where he's going to put himself in harm's way. But there, there's going to be some time where he's going to take some hits, and I think we're seeing that over the last couple of weeks.
0: It's funny, even though they only rushed for 57 yards, and that was a season low by far, this Cardinals team will go into Week 12 with the second-best rushing offense in terms of yards per game and number one in yards per carry with Kyler Murray leading all ball carriers with 6.7 yards every time he touches the football. So, yes, you want to be able to run the football, especially because, well, that air attack and with DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Dan Arnold, Max Williams, the list goes on and on. But in order to pass the ball, you have to have somewhat of a threat of a running game, and the Cardinals did not have that in that second meeting against the Seahawks.
1: No, and listen, we've been very complimentary of the offensive line. I mean, you're not going to roll snake eyes the entire season, but I think when they go back to the drawing board and the fact that he did get hit seven times or in the first game he didn't get hit, um, you know, Sean Cougar is going to challenge his guys. I mean, they put out some bad film there. Um, but, again, body of work, still averaging over five yards of carry, still averaging, what, 155 or 60 yards a game on the ground. And that's who they are, and we know that sets up the pass. But, um, you know, it's not going to be every week you're not going to dominate. They get paid too. Um, but I do think we're going to see a different offensive line in New England.
0: Couple of other notes concerning the Cardinals with respect to today's practice and perhaps some good news moving forward, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The club did announce that they have designated defensive lineman Zach Allen to return from the injured reserve list. That means he's got a twenty-one day window here in which he can practice and then be the evaluated before a decision has to be made on whether or not to activate him to the 53-man roster. Now, he can be activated as soon as this week, as we saw with J.R. Sweezy when he was designated to return that same week he played. Now, Richard Lawrence has also been designated to return. He has yet to be activated. This will be another week of practice for him, and we talk about that defensive line, the top five on IR, but perhaps Allen coming back? perhaps Lawrence coming back now they don't have the experience or the resume of a Corey Peters who's done for the season or Jordan Phillips who just went on injured reserve and will be a while before we see him again because of a hamstring injury yet there are perhaps signs of encouraging signs of some help along that defensive front
1: yeah I really like this new IR and you know obviously it's for COVID but you know usually you got to make a decision they would designate one or two players and then a lot of times they're out six to eight weeks. Here, I I really like this. Maybe it's something we're going to see in the future. Um, obviously, you don't want to see teams stash players, but the fact that they're getting Zach Allen back and it's just a matter of time, and then Pecco, um, he's going to have to play this week. I mean, he's a guy that's been a 15-year vet. Obviously, you know, he's got intel with Vance and Cincinnati and Denver, and, uh, you know, he's. I don't know if he's going to play 40 snaps, but he's definitely going to be, I, I believe, unless... You know, we hear this, uh, stuff from Vans later in the day or later in the week. Um, he's going to have to be active. They, they they need bodies right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key word right there is depth. Just put someone there, yeah. uh, you know, to, to occupy space. Now, I think Petco can be more than that because he's been there and done that. Yes. And then we'll see what happens as that snap count increases as he gets One, more familiar with the defense, and then two, obviously getting into football shape. He will turn 36 later this week. This is his 15th NFL season. Also here, as we put a bow on our discussion yesterday about Isaiah Simmons, he was made available to the media earlier today, and it was interesting to hear him acknowledge, yes, there was frustration earlier this season because he wasn't playing And then he had this line, quote, it was really hard. I've always been the star guy. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty rough for me, end quote. Honest assessment of where he was in his first seven games—dare I say, eight games—of his NFL career.
1: Yeah, and it's been night and day since the, the you know the first month of the season, and you could just see the upside. And he used the word slow play, and I, I give Vance and the coaching staff because that was the plan from day one. I know the fan base wanted to see their, you know, no number eight overall pick, but he was behind Campbell and he was behind Hicks, and the teams are trying to win football games by also developing him and you know his snap count's gone up and you know he used to say after games he you know he'd go home and say I really didn't do anything I want I want to contribute and you know but we know that Vance has been um you know he told us after the bye week he came back refreshed and he he, he came back you know excited about it. and and one play can change your your confidence level and that was the pick against Russell Wilson so I think I think the, he's trending in the right direction um, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets more playing time because Campbell's been, you know, kind of hit and miss with the injury and some missed tackles. I mean, he played much better in the early part of the season, so I understand why they wouldn't put him in there. But as we've m- mentioned on different forums, you give this guy an entire off season, you give him a, you know, a training camp and a preseason, he will be a three down linebacker. He will be starting for the Cardinals next year.
0: Yeah, he called that interception, quote, a confidence booster and then kind of had to remind himself throughout the season that hey I was here meaning being drafted for a reason so there was a lot of deep thought and then of course relying on family members and close friends to kind of get him through this and here he is on the other side of all that and you're looking at him not only increasing his snap count but having a role throughout the game especially on a defense that I think right now could really use a shot in the arm by the name of Isaiah Simmons. Yeah,
1: and, and and use some athleticism and speed and, you know, physicality. And, you know, he's playing on special teams. I mean, uh, nothing against Hicks and Campbell, but you're talking about a young stallion right here who's obviously, you know, much younger and more athletic, even though those guys are, are veteran guys and they can get it done with savvy and technique. But I think it's good to have some youth out there you know, besides Buda Baker and some other guys because um, they bring energy to the team versus just relying on your veteran players.
0: A reminder, Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. For more. As we continue here on this Tuesday, Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And as promised, MJ, we kind of alluded to this late last week, doing a big picture not only on the division, but the entire NFC after 11 weeks, 11 games for many teams. Uh, Cardinals, obviously, with just the 10 games played so far. And, well, let's just go to what happened most recently. And I can't tell you, I was really really hoping the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady would have pulled that one out last night on Monday Night Football to help just a little bit the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Yeah, I was rooting for the Buccaneers, but you got to give credit to the Rams. I mean, I, as I mentioned yesterday, I think they're the most complete team in the NFC West. And, you know, to go on the road, and you know all the hype about Tom Brady, and he threw some interceptions, but uh, I was a little surprised that the Buccaneers defense didn't step up and force some turnovers in that game.
0: the Rams win on Monday Night Football, their final trip to the East Coast and on there, and that was a lot of the discussion on how they lamented having to go back not only to the state of Florida for the second time, but just having to travel cross-country, yet it did not look like that plane ride did them any harm at all. The offense looked good, and then the defense, I just thought, as you talked about it a complete team but certainly they were able to harass Tom Brady only one sack five quarterback hits but he was under a lot of pressure that entire ball game talking about Brady
1: yeah and you you know you knew we knew just based on Carson Palmer with Bruce Aarons it was going to take a half a season but you know they got the weapons I mean Chris Godwin's healthy he's he's wearing a, a brace on his finger um Mike Evans, that was a great matchup, him going toe-to-toe with Jalen Ramsey. Um, but you would think, you know, Gronk and then, you know, the, the, Bruce said that he made it a bad decision when they played the Saints. He, he abandoned the run too early. And so last night they wanted to run to football. And then Leonard Fournette, he had a couple different drops. Um, but, you know, Ronald Jones. But give credit to uh, Jared Goff and Sean McVay because between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, man, they couldn't stop those guys.
0: Cup, 145 yards receiving. Woods, 130 yards receiving and a touchdown. Goff overall, 39 of 51. He dropped back 51 times for 360-plus yards and three touchdowns. Again, the difference in this contest, Matt Gay, a 40-yard field goal with 236 left, and then the win sealed by safety Jordan Fuller, who picked off Tom Brady with a minute 57 to go. And the Rams now 7-3, and 1-1 one and one in the division. And that win, MJ, vaulted the Rams to... The first place in the division and more importantly for them the two seed in the nfc we talked about the rams a couple of weeks back and yeah they were four 0 against the nfc east but who did they play their only real win was against the chicago bears and we know what's happened with the bears thus far and there was a lot of questions. Now, all of a sudden, you might want to put the Rams next to the Saints, next to the Packers, and, yeah, even though they lost last night, right next to the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, right now, you know, between the uh, the Saints 8-2, and two, the Rams are in second at 7-3, and three, Green Bay 7-3. and three. Of course, you got Philadelphia in there. You know, you just look at the Rams' remaining schedule. Okay, so they'll host San Francisco. Um, they'll play at Arizona. It looks like they'll host New England and the Jets, and then they have at Seattle and then the Cardinals. When you look at the uh, Seahawks' schedule, uh, much more accommodating. Uh, They're at Philadelphia. They host the Giants. um, They host the Jets. They go to Washington, and then they play the Rams and the 49ers to finish the season. So I just think Seattle's got an easier road, but at some point, you know, um, it, right now as you pointed out the Rams in the conference are seven and one
0: Yeah seven of their seven wins all coming within the NFC and then you looked at that Rams schedule according to the metrics the third most difficult. Schedule as far as the NFC is concerned, and well, you touched on the Seahawks right now, second place in the division. They are the fifth seed in the NFC, and of course, they enjoyed their mini bye week after beating the Cardinals 28 to 21. Russell Wilson still has not lost three games in a row, and it's more about the defense with Seattle right now. We'll get to the injury note and a significant injury note with regard to tight end Greg Olson, but the addition of Carlos Dunlap what his presence and sometimes that's all it is his presence he has three and a half sacks in three games but the Seahawks as a team 13 sacks since his arrival wow
1: and you know I've followed him from afar but I don't think he I mean he's he obviously is motivated to get out of Cincinnati he pretty much forced his way out of there but I was surprised that he was so effective in that Cardinal game, and I think we all look at that when they're rushing three and he sacked Murray on fourth down. But, you know, again, I think he's motivated because he got out of Cincinnati, a great addition there. Uh, we did not really see a lot of Snacks Harrison, and we know Jamal Adams, guys that didn't play in the first game. But uh, Carlos Dunlop, I mean – I didn't I mean I again I think it's a good pickup, but I, I was surprised that he was dominating like he was in the Cardinals game.
0: Yeah, it is a little bit of a surprise considering he doesn't have the resume of right. like an Aaron Donald that could lift up the entire defense. But Sometimes that all it is is just the spark, if you will, and you talked Change about it. Exactly. Wanting to get out of Cincinnati and then all of a sudden feeling rejuvenated, the fact that now all of a sudden you were, you know, on a last place team and then you get promoted, if you will, to not only a first place team at the time, but now all of a sudden right in the middle of the playoff
1: picture. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have worked out better for him and, you know, usually You know, uh, you could just see that there was a lot of tension. He put his house up for sale, and he he really forced his way out. And Mike Brown – In fairness to him, sometimes he doesn't buckle. But at this point in time, I think it was best for their team.
0: You mentioned Snacks Harrison officially signed to the active roster yesterday as the Seahawks made a number of roster moves, including placing Greg Olson on injured reserve. He's expected to miss four to six weeks with a left foot injury. That four to six-week timetable, that's either at the end of the season, potentially the playoffs. It does not look good for him. Olson, though, went to social media tweeting, quote, I refuse to allow this to be my final moment. I will find a way to finish on my feet and tweet because he's – contemplated retirement he's got a job in the broadcast booth when he does step away and this was his first season or is his first season with the Seahawks but it doesn't sound like he wants to go out like this
1: no that's going to be difficult because you know the last couple of years he's been you know a guy that even on a bye week he was doing NFL games for Fox and they're they always try to get players that just recently retire because they're relevant and uh, but plantar fasciitis or whatever they're going to call it that that, that that's very painful Now, clearly, you know, they added him to be a safety net um, to obviously complement their their tight end position. But, you know, I think they're looking for him playing in the postseason because he is uh, consistent, he can block, and he's a guy that, you know, if you throw the ball to him on a third down, he's going to catch it.
0: There is some good news with respect to the injury fronts on the Seahawks. Running back Chris Carson may be back this week, and we know what the return of Carlos Hyde meant to that Seahawks yes. rushing attack. Now, if you have a balanced one-two punch, you don't have to have Wilson running as a designed run or scrambling and running out of the pocket because, well, before last week, he was their
1: leading running back. Yeah, to me it gives you a nice one-two punch. I've always been a Carlos Hyde fan. He was in Houston last year. I like the way he runs. That was a good free agent signing. Rashad Penny is still um, on I, I, I don't know if he's on IR or PUP at this point, but he's he's not ready to play. But that gives them an, a, a uh, you know to where they can get a lead in the game, and then they don't have to force throwing the football every time. Even though, you know, if they're falling behind, they're going to have to. But to me that just slows the game down for the Seahawks if you get that one-two punch where you don't have to throw it 45 times a game.
0: Now the last team in the division, the 49ers at 4-6. and six, They did not play this past weekend. They enjoyed their bye week, and we touched on what head coach Kyle Shanahan had to say to the media, quote, they need some rest. They need to get away, end quote, with respect to his team. The last time we saw the 49ers on the field, they were losing at the Saints 27-13. They've lost three straight games. They'll have to be on the road where they hope to end their losing streak but they travel to the rams this week and then you look at what's ahead for them i mean are they still in the division race can they still make a push for the playoffs home to the bills home to washington at the cowboys that's after this week at the rams you steal one on the road at the Rams, all of a sudden you're at 5-6, and six, home to the Bills, home to Washington at the Cowboys. Uh, I, You know, I know some people have been throwing dirt on the 49ers for a while now and then, of course, removing that dirt and then putting the dirt back on them. I, I don't know what to make of the 49ers right
1: now. Well, I just think when, when you're heading to week 12 and you only have four wins, it's. I mean, and, and again, they've been decimated with injuries. We'll find out more about Garoppolo, uh, George Kittle. Um, you know, but they could play a spoiler role. I mean, we, we know that Kyle Shanahan is a, a very effective play caller. Did they go with Nick Mullins? Um, so, I mean, I don't think they're going to mail it in, but I just think when you're going into Week 12 and you only have four wins, I think it's going to be difficult, even if they won a couple games just as selfish a season.
0: They are expected to get healthier. Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, and Richard Sherman all on track to return this week. The problem, though, right now for the 49ers are eight Excuse me. Nine players on the reserve COVID-19 list, including starting left tackle Trent Williams. He tested positive for COVID-19 last week. This is the second time he's landed on the reserve COVID-19 list and now eight of his teammates on it as well. Uh, and that's something that you can't plan for or try to game plan against.
1: No, and Brandon Ayuk, he's on he's on the COVID plan, uh, you know, COVID uh, list right now. So, yeah, it's just been one of those kind of seasons and, you know, when you make a run like they did last year and you know I you know the Cardinals beating them in week one it's it's only one game but I thought the Cardinals set the tone basically for the season going on the road and beating the team that represented the conference last year so you know we know that it's about nutrition and staying healthy and and I think they'll bounce back next year. Rams, Seahawks,
0: Cardinals, 49ers. That is a look at the NFC West. Now, with respect to how this plays out within the entire conference here, as we talk about now the playoff picture, and I think, yeah, we've kind of had some fun over the past couple of weeks when we, hey, if the season ended today. Well, folks, if the season ended today, the Arizona Cardinals are a playoff team. They are the seven-seed but they are in the playoffs because there is one extra playoff team in each conference. There could be two, but that's uh, something that still needs to be ironed out between the league and the Players Association. But uh, I know both Chase Edmonds and Jordan Hicks were asked about this yesterday with respect to playing meaningful football in November and December. Both said that they were excited, yet they each, to a certain extent, had the same phrasing Edmonds, quote, you can't look ahead. Hicks, quote, can't afford to look ahead. Well players can't, MJ, but we can. And that's exactly what we're gonna do here on this edition of Cardinals Cover Two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because it is now a six game sprint to the finish line. The Cardinals at six and four, right there in the pack, but they are near the end of the pack and certainly don't want
1: to fall any further off the pace. Yeah, that's why that, that loss to the Seahawks was uh it was it was you know, they, at, at that point, the Cardinals were, you know, leading the division. And, you know, because they had a, the tiebreaker against Seattle in week seven. But you go from a two seed or a three seed all of a sudden to a seven seed. And, you know, Arian's always told us you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick. Yes. Use a different word, though.
0: <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Cardinals, instead of potentially hosting a first round playoff game now. Which
1: I thought was far fetched. I mean, you know, Seattle just based on the, the way they started the season now clearly they've you know we know Russell Wilson hasn't lost three in a row but they did lose three out of four so all of a sudden it opened the door and the fact that the Cardinals were able to beat him in week seven I just that 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 game this sticks out to me because you, you could have controlled your own destiny we we're talking about a seven win team and then you start looking inside the division, they would have a very good record.
0: Yeah, now the Cardinals would have to go on the road, and right now they would travel to L.A. to play the Rams. Here is how the NFC sets up right now as we speak heading into Week 12. Saints, Rams, Packers, Eagles, because of course the NFC East needs to be represented, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and Cardinals. And then I just kind of went further down the road because – I like where the Cardinals are and yes we can lament the loss of the Seahawks to Detroit to Miami but if one of these teams is going to knock the Cardinals out of the playoff picture that's that's I think is the interesting discussion here. Yes, you'd like to see the Cardinals move up maybe into the 2 or 3 spot and host a first-round playoff game. But if your goal is to make the playoffs and just be invited to the dance, remember this team has not received an invitation since 2015. So that goal from year one to year two under Kingsbury and Kyler Murray is to make that leap forward. And getting into the playoffs, no matter how many wins it takes, would be that leap forward. So if you're the Cardinals and you're looking over the shoulder, you've got the Bears, Vikings, Lions, 49ers, and I included the Panthers at four and seven. They only have five games left on their schedule, but everyone else, Bears, Vikings, Lions, 49ers, with six games left. Of those four teams, five if you want to include the Panthers, who should we say the Cardinals need to be most aware of, and maybe not the team and the coaching staff,
1: but the bird gang out there as far as what could be the
0: team to jump ahead of the Cardinals?
1: Well, the Bears got a, a situation with the quarterback uh, spot, you know, so, uh, you know, they have a really good defense, and that's the reason why, you know, they're 5-5. Five and five. You know, Minnesota, disappointing loss to the Cowboys, um, you know, they're they're getting back on track. I, I'm a big Mike Zimmer fan. His teams get better throughout the season. They obviously rely on the running game, and then Adam Thielen and uh, Kirk Cousins, but, you know, defensively, um, that 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 was a disappointing loss because they they could have been five and five, and that would be the team that I'm most concerned with. Um, again, Chicago really good defense, but I don't know if they can score enough points. Detroit, I mean, they're three and five in the conference; they're four and six. I mean, it just seems like the same old, same old for the Detroit. Um, so I, I would think Minnesota would be the the biggest threat. Now we'll just have to wait and see with with the Bears you know, with the quarterback situation. But I think when you have a really good defense like they do, it's going to keep them in a lot of games. So the Bears do have, a you know, a couple um, uh, division games coming up, and I think that will tell a lot. they got to play the Packers twice.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing with the Bears. You brought up an interesting point, and that is who's the quarterback? Who do they go forward with? Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, and they're on a four-game losing streak. Tyler Bray. <laughs> Hey, okay. hey, hey, all hands on deck at yeah, this point, at this you point, know, yeah. whatever's behind door number three, if you right. will, trying to figure out who to put under center for Chicago. But this was a team that I don't know how many people really bought into even when they got off to such a hot start. And now because they've lost foreign row, they might just be an afterthought, even though they are sitting at number eight. But their next six games are their final six games. And it's bookended by games against the Packers. They go at Green Bay, home to the Lions, home to the Texans at Minnesota, at Jacksonville, home to the Packers. So that's a tough three game stretch to close the season with two on the road including a trip to Florida and then of course closing out with the Packers. Now that Green Bay game in week 17 doesn't mean as much to Green Bay at that point who knows that's what you always worry about on that final game of the regular season but that's a tough stretch especially when you're talking about two games against the Packers who right now sit at the three seed in the NFC. Yeah
1: and, and if you look at Minnesota they have the Panthers at home, Jacksonville at home, then they go to Tampa, then they host Chicago, and they got to play the Saints. That's a tough game, and you're trying to clinch, and then they finish out with the Lions. So Minnesota, to me, would be the biggest threat uh, as of today. I'd feel a little bit more concerned about
0: the Vikings if they had beaten the Cowboys, yes. and all of a sudden you're at 5-5. Five and five. I think that will be one of those games that if you're a Minnesota fan, you point to and say,
1: what could have been,
0: especially yes. if you fall – a game out of the playoff picture
1: well and and if the bears you know depending on the 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 remaining schedule and obviously got division games i think once you get to seven eight losses i think you're out i think nine and seven could get you in this year but you know you start looking at chicago five and five minnesota i mean they can't afford any more law i mean they they, if they get to eight uh, losses, I, I think that's going to be difficult to get in. So, we just need to look at it. And, and I'm just uh, excluding Detroit there. But I, I do think Minnesota just, just the way they run the football. Um, Zimmer's a defensive-minded head coach, and Kirk Cousins. You know, even though he's probably not going to get the credit, he's he's played well, and they and they lose. You know, Digs and still Adam Thielen's playing really well, Kyle Rudolph, and they run the football. And Gary Kubiak's a really good play caller, and I think they're benefiting from him.
0: Yeah, that Vikings team, I think, if you're talking about of those five that we talk about, the Bears, Vikings, Lions, 49ers, and Panthers when it comes to offense and defense, certainly a team to be concerned about and maybe one of those teams that you pull back and say, all right, Give me a team in the NFC that's disappointed you or made you scratch your head more times than not. And I think it would be the Vikings, especially when they're on that three-game losing streak because they have the talent to certainly be in that conversation, if not maybe a top-four team in the NFC, as opposed to right now being on the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, and to me, if you beat the Cowboys, they would have been sitting 5-5 five and five and had some momentum. Um, you know, again, that's a disappointing loss you know, Dallas, obviously, they, they, they've they been on the short end of the stick, but you get Andy Dalton back and you run the football. And, and you know, Mike McCarthy's got to win some games down the stretch considering that Philadelphia is right now 3-6-1. and
0: Now, I heard you mention the Lions and kind of toss them to the side a little bit, and I don't blame you to that extent. They've got the Texans, road trip to Chicago, Packers, another road trip to Tennessee, Buccaneers, and Vikings. So it's not an easy stretch at all. The one thing, though, that fans need to be a little bit leery with with the Lions, if they can get things back on track, and I don't even know if they were ever on track this season, they do have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. And that's the one thing that you have to put a little asterisk next to when you're talking about the Lions. And to a certain extent, the Panthers, although with seven losses, right. can you run the table and get to nine wins? I mean, they have to go on a five-game winning streak to close out the season. They just beat Detroit, so that would make it a six-game win. Winning streak to end 2020, and that would put them at nine and seven. They too would also have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals.
1: Yeah. So, but it, again, if you start to get to seven, eight losses, I, I think you're going to be on the outside looking at it. But I do think nine and seven could be the, the seven seed. And you know, you look at Arizona's schedule. Um, obviously, New England. Uh, then they come back and they play the Rams, and then the Giants, and then the Eagles and then San Francisco which hopefully they can sweep them and then the Rams that that could come down if if the Rams are you know have a stranglehold on on the division then all of a sudden you're you're basically jockeying for position with the Seahawks so you know you look at some of these um, percentages when it comes to the Cardinals uh, going into the last uh, month of this or last six games of the season you know they're they're winning projected team percentage by week um 72% against the Patriots, 55% against the Rams, 64% against the um, uh, the Giants and the Eagles, and then 45%. So on paper, the Cardinals have a favorable schedule. It's just you still have not played the Rams twice. But you do get the the Niners, and we'll see where they are. And then you get the Eagles and Giants, and to me those are very winnable games. The contest
0: against the Patriots, Giants, and Eagles, if you're being realistic, and I know no player likes to say it, but as we referred to it earlier here, we can, as fans and media, you can't afford to lose any one of those three games. I think you have to finish out four and two, maybe even five and one to really feel comfortable if this is is going to be the year that you end that postseason drought. You beat the Patriots, you beat the Giants, you beat the Eagles, you win, protect home turf against the 49ers, and you split against the Rams. I mean, right there, that's a five and one finish, four and two. You still have ten wins, and any other year that might be enough. But I certainly would be happy if this team could get – To ten wins because you'd had five wins in the first half of the season, five wins in the second half of the season. Each case, you've doubled your win total from a year ago.
1: Well, that's why it's important to 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 go on the road and, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about Bill Belichick and Cliff Kingsbury, but it really comes down to the players. I, I know that you know coaching matters when it comes to schemes, and you you have to beat the Giants and you have to beat the Eagles, and then, you know, what happens with the Niners. Um, that to me is a winnable game and then split with the rams and you get to 10 i clearly you're in but you know the key for the cardinals is the, the, this week and then you know what do they do against the rams because that you know, all of a sudden you get to eight wins all of a sudden it looks a lot prettier when you got three or four games still to go it's not a
0: perfect position for the Arizona Cardinals, but it certainly does beat the alternative and have not been in this spot in a long, long time with respect to playing not only meaningful football, but potentially looking ahead to the postseason and saying, hey, you know, there could be a game wildcard weekend in January or maybe two games in January, and that's certainly a huge step forward for this organization in year two with Kyler Murray as your quarterback.
1: Yeah, you get to 10 wins. uh, That's a successful season. That means you made the playoffs. Now, you know, six and four, four and three in the conference, but uh, 10 wins I would sign up for right now. I think we all would have in in August and what, you know, each team's goal is to win your division because you host a playoff game. But based on them going to seven teams, we all thought that possibly the NFC West could have three of those teams. And, you know, right now you still have Tampa and New Orleans from that division. Um, You know, we talked about Minnesota. Green Bay's got, you know, stranglehold on that. Uh, but the NFC West, not a surprise, could have three teams in the postseason.
0: I'd say maybe not look ahead as far as the NFC standings, but keep your eye on those behind you. Yes, in the conference, and that's the Bears, Vikings, Lions, 49ers, and Panthers. But probably more so the Bears and Vikings. Yeah, with uh, I think we're both in agreement. You put the Vikings ahead as far as those five teams that could leapfrog the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. And 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 again, the Bears. We'll find out about the quarterback uh, situation. But I yeah, I think in, when you get Get to Chicago in late in late in the year. Defense will help that team. Now it's just a matter of how much the offense can score. Bird Gang,
0: if you enjoy Cardinals Cover Two, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rays, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover Two. Visit az slash podcast for more information. Certainly A lot of fun, MJ, to be able to sit here at the end of November with the first Sunday of December right around the corner saying, you know what, the season's not done. I don't care what the draft position is. I'm not even looking at the draft right now. What is in front of the Arizona Cardinals? What is in front of the Bird Gang? And that is exactly what we just spent 20 minutes talking about was within the division. Within the conference is Friars trying to lock down a spot in the 2020 postseason.
1: Yeah, and we know the NFL you know, usually has four or five teams that didn't make the postseason from a year ago um, that could make it this year. But um, you win 10 games, that is a vast improvement. We talked about the stability in the front office with the coaching staff and the quarterback And this is—they're only going to get better. And then, you know, right now you got five guys on the D line that that, you know are not able to play. So obviously, injuries have affected this team um, at certain points. But you get to 10 wins, then all of a sudden next year you're not going to be a sleeper team. You're not going to be a surprise team. Teams are going to say, well, you start looking at it. Do they have the second best quarterback in the division? Uh, How do they rank with the wide receiver position across the board? So. Uh, the future looks bright, but clearly you have to finish what you're you're doing this year because not missing the playoffs would be disappointing to me.
0: Yeah, six games left to go. It doesn't sound like a lot, and it's going to be over in a matter of moments, but this is certainly a, now a stretch that the Cardinals have to take advantage of if they ultimately want to get where we want them to get to, and that is the playoffs, and be invited to that party and 2021, officially 2021 with respect to games, playoff games in January.
1: And you want to be playing your best football down the stretch. I mean, again, don't limp
0: into the postseason. Right,
1: and you you don't even know if you get to nine or ten wins, okay, we're good. No, I mean, you really want to be playing your best football, and you're going to get some good tests when, uh, when you're playing the Rams twice. Obviously, you know, it's a road game. Um, going to New England, but yeah, you, it means you don't want to limp into the playoffs. So if you get to 10 wins, that means you were 4-2 and two in your final six, in your 10-6, and, and and you want to be playing meaningful. But this is something we haven't had, and you bring it up a lot, is playing meaningful football in November and December, and we can check that box so far.
0: An opportunity to get win number seven coming up this Sunday at New England. Much more on that contest as the week unfolds. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.